Well, good to be with you this morning. You had in John chapter 4, should be there this morning. And uh, we're going to continue our series, as already has been stated, The Spirit-Filled Life. Amen. The Spirit-Filled Life. How many of you desire to be Spirit-Filled? Live Spirit-Filled. Want to be Spirit-Filled. You know, in, um, in uh, our theme scriptures in Ephesians 5 and verse 18, where Paul said, Don't get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if he says and encourages us to be filled with the Spirit, you know what that tells me? There's a possibility. He's talking to the church here. He's talking to Christians, not heathens. And he's saying, be filled with the Spirit. So if he's telling the Christians and encouraging the Christians to be filled with the Spirit, that tells me that it's possible to be a Christian, but not be living a Spirit-filled life. That was a weak amen right there. Amen. Isn't that true? So Paul says, listen, first of all, he said, don't get drunk with wine. Now, being drunk with wine means you're being influenced by it. You're being controlled by a substance, and it's called liquor. Amen. And he says, so don't be influenced or controlled by a substance like liquor, for that is dissipation, which means a course of life attended by careless indulgences in vices which impair or ruin both health and fortune. So he says, don't be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be controlled or influenced by liquor, but be controlled and influenced by the Spirit of God. Amen? Because wine's going to ruin your life. How many of you know if you're controlled by the Spirit of God? That won't ruin your life. Amen? And Ephesians 5.18 in the Living Bible, it says, Don't drink too much wine, for many evils lie along that path. How many of you could say amen to that? But be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and be controlled by Him. How many of you know the Lord wants to control our lives through His Spirit? Amen? And he says, be filled. And that's a verb that implies a continuous action. In other words, don't just do it one day or one time, but moment by moment, day by day, seek to be filled and controlled by the Spirit of God. Amen. So to be Spirit-filled means to live your life continuously and completely touched, controlled, empowered, and influenced by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, let me just give you a short review for those of you that weren't here last week. The Spirit-filled life, we said last week, is our Heavenly Father's promise to every believer. Remember in Luke 24, 49, uh, Jesus said, Behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with, endued with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, Jesus gathered the disciples together and he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me from John, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. And then we see the fulfillment of that promise in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now the promise to live a Spirit-filled life, we said... 
last week. It's not just available to some of us, but to all of us. Amen. Every last one of us. And sometimes people go back to Corinthians and say, well, Paul said not everybody has the gift of healing. Not everybody has the gift of, of tongues. He was talking about the spiritual gifts that are used in the body of Christ. Somebody will give a, a message in tongues and then there'll be an interpretation. This is different. The, the gift of tongues and the language, the gift of the language of tongues is what he's talking about here. And, 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 and in uh, Peter, in, uh, not Peter, but in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, Peter said, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call to himself. Amen. Now, the good news is that we can all live a spirit-controlled, influence, powered life. And that's good news today. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. And then we ended the message last week by talking about how to become spirit-filled. In Luke's gospel, Jesus gives us the key to the spirit-filled life. In Luke eleven nine, he said, I say to you, uh, I, I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Amen. And so Jesus reminds us of the power of prayer that can change a person's life. And then in the next verse, in verse 13, uh, or a few verses down, he said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Who ask Him. Amen. How many of you know the gifting of the Holy Spirit is that? It's a gift from God. How many of you know that if you got the Holy Spirit, the power and the influence of the Spirit of God in your life, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You are anointed. Amen. You are graced. You have a special gifting from heaven's throne room. Amen. Can I get a better witness in the house of the Lord? I'm trying to encourage you today. Amen. Now listen, those who persistently and diligently ask, seek, and knock, desiring to be filled with the Holy Spirit, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled life comes to those with a strong desire and a hunger to be Spirit-filled. Amen. And so Acts 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so the only primary qualifying factor that Christ reveals that we need to have to be filled with the Holy Spirit is just a genuine hunger and thirst to be filled with the Spirit of God. And so, you know, I'm doing this series because you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping to just wet your, to just salt your oats a little bit. Amen. Just put a little salt in your spiritual food and make you thirsty for more of the living God. Come on. I know you've experienced them, but how many of you know there's more of God? Amen. Come on. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But how many of you know, I don't want just a taste. I want a feast from the throne room of God. Amen. Come on. How many of you want more of God today? You got to hunger for him. You got to desire him. And, uh, you know, uh, in, in the upper room, whenever you read about, you know, the feeling in Acts chapter 2, you know, what you, which sometimes we fail to remember is the 120. They were in the upper room and they were praying day in and day out. And they were seeking God and they were reminding the Lord of his promise. Lord, you said to wait here that you would send your promise. Lord, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're hungry. We're thirsting. Don't you know they wanted to give up after one day or two days or three days? But they didn't give up. They kept hungering. They kept thirsting and they kept pushing and pursuing God. And one day something happened that even the even people around said, 
They are drunk. There's something wrong with them. And they're like tongues of fire fell on their head. And they begin to speak in unknown tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Amen. Praise the Lord for the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you want to live the Spirit-filled life? Come on, let's, let's ask right now. Lord, fill us with your Spirit. God, empower us with your Spirit. Lord, we're not satisfied to just get a little drop. Lord, we want the floodgates to open, God. We want the rivers, Lord, to pour on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the purpose of living the Spirit-filled life. You know what I found? That if you give me the reasons why I need something, it helps me to want it. Amen. How about you? Amen. If you give me the reasons why I need this, I might want it more. And so I want to give you a couple of reasons. Hopefully maybe give you a greater desire. Amen. Why we need to live the Spirit-filled life. Well, the first reason that we need to live the Spirit-filled life is to, to fill the spiritual void and thirst of our souls. How many of you know we all have a God-sized void in our heart? We have a God-sized hole in our heart that nothing this world has will fill that void. Amen? It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much popularity you have. It doesn't matter who you know or where you go. There's some things that will not satisfy a hole that God has placed in your heart, and it's that spiritual hole that only He can fill. And in Luke, in, in not Luke, but in John chapter 4, Jesus illustrates this, this, uh, this point. In John chapter 4, we're going to take time to just read this pretty large passage of Scripture. And then we're going to talk about it. In, in John 4, 5, he, he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, and near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus, she she said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will not thirst again. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But verse 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. Amen. But the water that I shall give him will become to him a living, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She said, that sounds good. Give me some of that. Amen. Now, in this story, Jesus addressed a very needy woman who was bound by a sinful lifestyle. And, and, and we see that in verse 16. Jesus said, go call your husband and come here. For the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have, five, you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. Uh-oh. So he's reading her mail. And she says in the next verse, I perceive that you are a prophet. 
Amen. She never met this man before, but he knew she had gone through five divorces. Amen. And she was shook up probably with a man. She was living with a man. And he said, yeah, the guy that you have right now, that's not your husband. So I know exactly where you are. He saw her sinful lifestyle as the actions of a spiritual thirsty soul seeking satisfaction. He didn't dress her sinful situation. Rather... He confronted her deeper issue was she had a part soul. Amen. He addressed her hunger. He addressed her thirst. In verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus addressed this lady's deep spiritual need by talking to her about a fountain of living water. I'm talking about living water. I'm not talking about water that you drink from the tap. You're going to be thirsty tomorrow. He said, this water will satisfy your soul. It will fill the void in your life. An inner well of living water that satisfies every deep inner longing and thirst of mankind. Amen. How many of you know we need to be spirit-filled? Amen. We all have this spiritual need in our lives. And you know the problem is, like this little lady, we try all kind of ways to fill this void. You know why Paul said, don't be drunk with wine? Because that's how we try to fill the void sometimes. Amen? This lady, he didn't address, he, he didn't address the fact that she had, five, she had gone through five divorces and she was now living or, or, or having a relationship with another guy. He went deeper. Come on, can I tell you something? Relationships won't do it. Can I tell you, narcotics won't do it. Amen. Can I tell you, the pleasures of this life won't do it. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how much money that you have, it won't do it. There is a need that you have that only the spirit and the power and the fire of the living God will satisfy you. Amen. No man, no woman, no money, no power, no prestige, no pleasure can fill the void that you have in your life. Amen. So we need to be spirit filled. Why? So we can be we can have that thirst quenched in our life. Amen. You know, I remember personally relying on drugs and alcohol and other worldly things to try to fill that spiritual void. But you know what? Ultimately, I woke up the next day and I was still thirsty. I was still hungry. But I can remember whenever I met the fountains of living water, whenever I came to drink from the living water. I remember that. Amen. You know what happened? All of a sudden, those things I was relying on before to quench that thirst, I didn't need that stuff anymore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. How many of you know that if the Spirit of God falls on Lafayette in a revival way, bars are going to be shut down. Amen. An entertainment place is going to be shut down. Why? Because there won't be as much need for the things of the world. Because we're going to be satisfied by the Spirit of the living God. Amen. We need to be Spirit-filled. The second reason we need to live the Spirit-filled life is to lead us and keep us on the path of God's blessings. How many of you want to live on the path of God's blessings? How many of you know there are two paths you can take? And one is littered with demonic demons trying to take your life, amen? But the other one has the angels of God as ushers. Say, come on, come on, amen, come on. How many of you want to be on the blessed path, not the, not the wrong path? And in John chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said, When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. 
The Spirit of truth will guide you in all truth. How many of you know one of the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide the believers? Amen? He's there to guide. Guide in the Greek means to show the way. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will show you the way? Which way do I take? He'll show you the way. Amen? Which way's the blessed way? He'll show you the way. Amen? Come on. How many of you want to know the way? The Holy Spirit will show you the way. And so, you remember the nation of Israel? They were in Egypt. They were in bondage in Egypt. And, and the amazing thing is God delivered them from the bondage of Pharaoh and, they, and, and the Egypt oppressed And he led them into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It was littered with the blessings of God. They had cisterns they didn't have to dig. They had vineyards they didn't have to plant. They had houses they didn't have to build. They just came in and said, wow, let's just take over, man. Amen. So God led them from the wilderness to the promised land. How did they get there? How did they know where to go and how did they get the promised land? I mean, they didn't have a compass. They didn't have a road map. They didn't even have a GPS. How did they leave Egypt a long geographical way away and get to the right place where the promised land was? Well, the Lord guided them. He guided them into the promised land. And how many of you know that's a picture? That's a picture of what God wants to do in our lives. In Exodus chapter 40, in verse 36, it says, Throughout all their journeys... Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was a fire in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. And so the children were led by a fire by night and a cloud during the day. How many of you like to have that? You're heading out to work, and you walk in, and there's a cloud over your head. And people are like, hey, they got this cloud over here. Yeah, I know that. I'm being, I'm being led. Amen? And it's dark, and here you are walking around, and there's a fire over your head. Somebody said, man, they got fire over here. Don't worry about it. I'm being guided. Amen? That's the children of Israel. The cloud stood over the tabernacle. And, and listen, in the tomb, and the fire. And so all they did was they just followed the cloud. And they followed the fire. If it was dark, they followed the fire. If it was daytime, they followed the cloud. The cloud could be seen during the daytime. The fire could be seen at night. So they always knew where to go. And they just followed that cloud. And they followed that fire. And that cloud and that fire led them into the promise land. Amen. Now listen, the fire and the cloud represent the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. The fire and the cloud is a picture of the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God wants to lead us by day and lead us by night, not on the road of destruction, but on the road of blessing. Amen. So why do we need to be spirit filled? So we stay on the path of blessing. Amen. So we don't get off the beaten path. In John 16, 13, he says, When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Now notice Jesus says that the Holy Spirit, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. And he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Listen, one of the ways the Lord keeps us 
on the pathway of blessing is he speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. Amen. He speaks. He speaks what he hears from the Father. He speaks what the Father tells him to say. Amen. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of the stranger, they will not follow. How many of you know we need to hear the voice of the shepherd so we don't go where the wolves are, but we stay where the green grass is. Amen. Come on, we need to hear the voice. The Lord speaks to the believer, and one of the ways he speaks to the believer is through the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit speaks? Can I get a better amen? How many of you know the Holy Spirit speaks? Yes, he does. The voice of the Lord comes through the voice of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 2, 7, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear. Not what is said in the natural. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Are we listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying? Because if we will listen... To what the Holy Spirit is saying. And the Holy Spirit will say something. If we will listen and follow the leading of the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's going to take us out of the wilderness. And He will bring us into the promised land. Praise the Lord. How many of you know if you walk in the way of the Lord, you're going to be blessed of the Lord. If you follow the way of of satanic influence, of the other voice, the voice of the stranger, he will lead you into the wilderness. My brothers and sisters, we need to be spirit-filled so we can be guided and directed by the Spirit of God into the blessings of God. Amen. How many of you know we need to be filled? Amen. The Holy Spirit helps us walk in the pathway of blessing. The third reason we need to live the Spirit-filled life is to help us make it through life's adversities and trials. Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Not maybe or you might. You shall. In other words, you can't get, you can't get through this life without running into the wall with with you know skin in your knee with going through trials and tribulations if you think if you think the christian life is going to be a life uh, absent of trials and tribulations you mistaken jesus said in this world you shall have tribulations but he said be of good courage be of good cheer because i have overcome the world amen and in john chapter 14 and verse 16 he said i will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Another helper, as we mentioned, means one who is exactly like the first. The first being Jesus himself. Amen. So somebody said, you know what a good definition of the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is Christ in the Christian. Christ in the Christian. Now, how many of you want a little bit of Christ in you? How many of you would rather have a lot of Christ in you? Amen. How many of you need a lot of Christ in you? Come on. How many of you need a whole, whole, whole lot of Christ in you? Amen. The Holy Spirit is called to walk alongside of you, to encourage you, to comfort you, and to strengthen you. To comfort you when you're hurting. To encourage you when you're discouraged. To strengthen you when you are weary and burdened. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds. How? Through Christ. Amen. So the Lord promises to comfort us in all of our tribulation. How does He do that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the comforter. Through the helper of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you're going through a terrible time. You're going through great adversity. And you're discouraged. And you're, you're just overwhelmed. And you get alone with God. And you close your eyes. And you start praying. And you start opening your heart to the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, a great, great comfort comes over you. And nobody can see it. Nobody understands it. But you know it. You experience it. And you can talk about it. I was burdened, but now I'm not. Amen. I was struggling, but now I'm not. Why? Because of the comforter of the Holy Spirit that is with us. Now, saints of God, wouldn't if you were Satan, wouldn't you want to do everything that you possibly could to keep the Spirit of God out of the church of God if they would be absent of the comfort of the Spirit of God? Amen. And so we as the body of Christ, we got to wave the flag. We got to sound the alarm. We are called to be spirit-filled believers. Amen. Come on, don't just get a tip, just a little drop on the tip of your tongue. Come on, jump in, get immersed, and get full of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. So you can be comforted. Amen. And so, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now the Lord promises to give us rest when we're weary and burdened with trials and tribulations. Let me ask you, have you ever become wearied? Have you ever become burdened by trials and tribulations? Let me ask you again. Let me ask you, have you ever got tired? Have you ever got exhausted? Have you ever felt like you were carrying a million pounds because of the trials and tribulations of life? Well, Jesus said, if you ever get in that situation, I want you to come to me because I can give you rest for your souls. How many of you know there is a rest for the people of God? Hebrews 4 says. You don't have to wait till your trial is over. Your tribulation has passed. You can have have comfort and you can have rest right in the middle of your circumstances. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. So how does the Lord transform us from a state of weariness and being burdened down to a place of rest and peace? The answer is through the power of the helper and the comforter of the Holy Spirit. He said, it's important that I go because the Spirit won't come. But if I go, the helper will come. And so now we don't have to worry about Jesus being preoccupied by being at somebody else's house. while we need him at our house. Praise God. He can be at my house and your house at the same time. Amen. We don't have to worry about him having so much that he don't have time to help us with our problems. Praise God. He's everywhere all the time and he's available for all of us that need him. That's the blessing. That's the advantage of him going because now his spirit has been shed abroad upon the whole earth. How many of you want to be spirit filled? Amen. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make it possible 
for us to get through life's adversities and tribulations. Now, note, listen, to the degree that I am filled with the Spirit is to the degree which I receive divine strength, comfort, and encouragement from the Lord. The more of the Spirit I walk in, the more comfort I'm going to experience. The more of the Spirit I walk in, the more strength I'm going to have. I'm not talking about natural strength. I'm talking about supernatural strength. Amen? How can you carry a Lord's load? You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's how you do it. How do you carry a Lord's responsibility? Through the power and the influence of the Spirit of God. Whatever burden you go through, God will match it with the power of His Spirit. Whatever hurt you go through, He will match it with the comfort of His Spirit. There's no hurt. There's no, there's no trial. There's no tribulation that we don't go through. That the Spirit of God is not greater than the trial or tribulation we go through. Amen. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Amen. You will be a testimony to others. Man, how can they make it through that? And we will look at them and say, it's Jesus, my brother. It's Jesus, my sister. That's how we make it. Amen. The fourth reason we need to live the Spirit-filled life is to extend the love and the power of Christ to others. Amen. I mean, Jesus not only wants to meet my spiritual needs, but thank God, He also wants to meet and minister to the deep spiritual needs of others. Amen. And He will do that through us. In John chapter 7 and verse 37, He said, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now listen, in John chapter 4, Jesus graphically depicts an inner well as a fountain that would satisfy every person's inner needs or spiritual thirst. But in John 7, as we read 7, That well now, he's talking about overflows to form a river, amen, that overflows out of our life that serves to satisfy the thirst of others, amen. And so in verse 38, Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. In other words, God don't want to just fill up your cup. He wants to fill it up to overflowing so that you got some left for other people around you. With those that are thirsty around you and don't know where to go and don't have answers to their problems, you could say, hey, have a drink. Have a drink from the rivers of living water. There's a well that you need to know about. Come on, get a drink from the well and you too can have your thirst quenched. Amen. Come on. I mean, you know, the Lord don't want to fill us with His Spirit just to give us goosebumps. He wants to fill us with His Spirit so we can make a difference in other people's lives. Come on. Can I get a better witness today? Amen. So listen, John 4 depicts a well or fountain that would satisfy the immediate and personal internal needs of individuals. John 7 depicts a river that would be expansive and overflowing that would serve to meet the human needs of, of humanity. And so the well is, is that thirst-satisfying provision of Christ as the water of life satisfying our own sin-parched souls. But the river is the Holy Spirit coming like a mighty stream, a power flowing from God's to others in need. The river is the Holy Spirit surging from within the believer, carrying the spiritual refreshing and life of God to others. You know what I've noticed? Whenever I haven't really done my homework and I hadn't done my business I don't have anything to give to others. I'm not really impacting other people's lives. But the more I take the time to get filled with the Spirit, God sends somebody 
to take to get a thirst from the well. Amen. Come on. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? The more filled you are, the more God will send people in your path. Come on. How many of you want to be used of God? How many how many of you want to do something great for God? How many of you want to see God do miracles in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family? Amen. How many of you are tired of seeing people getting beat up and beat down by the devil and his demons and you're ready to do something about it? You know that there's a solution and you're ready to bring a solution to the hurting, dying humanity and you want to bring the solution of Christ to those people. Come on. Are y'all hearing me today? And God wants to use you as his hands and his feet to minister to other people around you. And so that when you minister to them and whenever you love on them, the, the powers of darkness will be broken off their life and they'll experience the life of God. Amen. Another reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit is so we can minister to other people. So we can have a powerful ministry. In Acts 1, Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses all over Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're going to to testify. You're going to bring glory to me. People are going to see something about you that's different than others. Amen. Come on, if we don't get spirit-filled, our light goes out. We lose our saltiness. But the more filled with the Spirit, the more filled with the Spirit, the greater the light. And we walk into dark places and people begin to see something they've never seen before. Why? Because it's the Holy Ghost shining a light on us. Amen. Come on, listen. Body of believers. It's time that we get more of the power of God in our lives instead of just stumbling through Christianity and just trying to stay saved. Hey, listen, I don't want to just stay saved. I want to do something for God. How about you? I don't want to just quit cussing. I want to have the power of God and the word of God on my life. Come on, are y'all with me here today? And y'all hear me today? How many of you want to be spirit-filled? Listen, Jesus said in Luke 4 and verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen, the Spirit of God. Jesus said, the Spirit of God, the anointing of God is on my life. And because the Spirit and the anointing of God is on my life, I can preach the gospel to the poor and they're going to be poor no more. Amen. I can preach the gospel and I can tell those that are oppressed, you don't have to be oppressed. You can be set free. You can have the freedom and the liberty of the Spirit of God. And the reason why I can do that and it's going to have an impact is because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. So Jesus was able to help others because he was filled with the Spirit. Now listen, as I was studying, I stumbled across this verse. And I want to conclude today with this verse. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6 says this. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. And you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. How many of you know whenever you are filled with the Spirit of God, Boudreaux has to go, Thibodeau has to go, amen? Your old ancestry and ways of living has to go because you now have a new nature. You've been engrafted into a new family and now the spirit and life of Jesus Christ has to be lived in and out through you. You are changed into a 
new person. Amen. You are changed into a different person as you get filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. How many of you want it today? Come on, stand with me. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What's the secret? How do you get spirit filled? Can you just come to church and it'll happen? Can you get spirit filled by just going to church? No. What must you do to get spirit filled? You got to ask. Right? You got to ask. You got to want it. You got to desire it. A weak, a weak ask, a weak desire. It's not good enough to be spirit filled. We got to be hungry for it. Amen? Come on, how many of you are hungry for it? How many of you want more? How many of you desiring more? Praise you, Lord. Come on, listen. You know, part of the way that we get filled with the Spirit is to depend on the Spirit. You know, we typically depend on ourselves. Can we just take a moment right now? Just close your eyes. And if you have the liberty, maybe you want to just lift your hands in the front of you or lift them up in the air. Do something. Come on, maybe you want to just begin to cry out to God right now. Come on, pride. You know, listen, God don't feel prideful people. He feels humble people that know they have a need. Come on, pride has no room for the spirit filled. Come on, you got to get past your ability. You're leaning on your own ability and you got to rely. Come on, come on. Surrendering to the spirit is how you get spirit filled. Come on, the reason I just encourage you to open your hands in the front of you, that's a sign. That's just a sign of just saying, Lord, I'm dependent on you, Lord. I need you. Come on, begin to tell him that right now. Lord, I want to be filled. God, I want to be empowered by your spirit, Lord. God, I don't want my flesh to rule in my life. I don't want the enemy to defeat me. Lord, I don't want to be just stumbling in Christianity. Lord, barely making it weak and tired and burdened and discouraged. Lord, I want to be fueled and empowered by the influence of the Spirit of God. I want to live victoriously, Lord. I want to live the abundant life. Spirit of God, anointing of God, grace of God, come. Release your power. Release your presence in this place today. Come on. Help me. Just cry out right now in the name of Jesus I thank you and I praise you Lord for filling us God filling us come on just worship him right there and just say thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus for filling me come on let the peace of God let the grace of God let the touch of God come on you right now come on focus your thoughts focus your mind come on it takes focus come on put your thoughts on the Lord say Lord I need you today Lord I don't want to walk in the flesh I want to walk in the spirit I don't want to be fleshly led I want to be spiritually led Lord help me deliver me set me free from every hindrance and every insecurity and everything stopping every fear God break it power. Break its hold today in the name of Jesus. I thank you and I praise you that the spirit and the anointing of the living God is falling in this place right now and they got new levels of spirit filling in this place today in the mighty and powerful and strong and glorious name of Jesus. Of Jesus. Of Jesus. Now listen, before we go I just want to mention In John 14, chapter 16, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. 
That is the spirit of truth. Listen. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. Listen. Until you become a Christian, you can't experience what we're talking about today. You got to first be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, you got to be born of the water and the spirit. And until you have the spiritual birth, you can't experience the spirit-filled life. And so before we go, I want to give everyone here the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus and be born again. Because that's where it all starts. Amen? So just bow your head with me for just one, one more moment. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I don't know that I'm born again. I believe in God, but I want to make sure. I don't want to leave room for any doubt. Would you pray with me? I want to be, I want to be sure when I leave here today that I'm a candidate for the Spirit-filled life. If that's you, just lift your hand and lift it high. Listen, let's pray this prayer together for those who raise their hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. That my sins could be forgiven. And so I could live eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the living waters that come from your spirit. I surrender to you. I give my life to you. Thank you for washing my heart and filling my life today with your power. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Listen, as we dismiss, if you pray that prayer, come and let somebody know here. We have a gift for you. We have some material for you so you can get started on this journey. Amen. Amen. Well, how many of you glad that he went and that his comforter has come? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God.